0: Parenting Today is a podcast produced by Reformed Youth Ministries. Whether you feel competent or confused in parenting, this podcast seeks to apply God's truth to the culture of today. For more information on this ministry, visit RYM.org. Hello everyone and welcome to Parenting Today. I'm John Parrott and my co-host is Kurt Cooper. Kurt, good morning.
1: Hey, how's it going, John? Good to be here.
0: Yeah, Um, It's been a little while since we've gotten to catch up, but uh, we are into our ninth episode now. Um, We might switch these around a little bit. So this one might not end up being the ninth one, but uh, this is our ninth recording. So it's kind of crazy we've done nine of these now, huh, Kurt?
1: I know. It really is. Um, It's crazy that they keep letting us do them. Eventually, I think, I just think the plug's going to be pulled. Um, Then Internet will kick us out. I I have a question to ask you. Okay. If you could work at a fast food restaurant, which fast food restaurant would you work at, but you can't choose Chick-fil-A, uh, okay
0: I knew you were going to say that. Um, I mean, that's, and it's funny you said you can't choose Chick-fil-A. You know, as a Christian, we've got to choose uh, Christian chicken. Um, no. and yeah, <laughs> part of it is because I, you're real, off on Sundays, you know? It's yeah.
1: Like, the real reason is that you know when your day off is every week, yeah. whereas at other places you don't know where it is. Um, so... But if you had to choose, think about the job. What would you choose? Don't take too long because we have to get into dating. But yeah. um,
0: I guess, I don't know, for some reason, Moe's is coming to mind. You know, Moe's, Chipotle, Qdoba. Um, Here, just because I, I like that. I like that.
1: Here's the thing about those, like Subway, any place where you have to fix it in front of someone, I don't know if I have the right temperament for that because like if I was fixing someone's sandwich, and I put, like, three tomatoes on there. And they were like, Well, oh, I don't like that tomato. Take that tomato off. I want a different tomato. Like, I would just be really tempted to take the sandwich and throw it on the floor and be like, how do you like that Because <laughs> <laughs> I think after, like, three or four of those happening, I think – I don't know. It, it's really – I I I might like to work in the food industry, but I would want to prepare the food in front of the person. I,
0: I like I how you don't have the temperament to to work at like a subway, but you do have the temperament to be a minister in a church, because <laughs> 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 you never have to put up with anything <laughs> difficult from, no, from I, people.
1: <laughs> I mean. I Ministers only work two days a week. So it's really- <laughs> okay, let's uh, move it on from there. Um, so look, I'm just kidding, guys. Yes. John told me to be to be more sarcastic, so I'm really trying to do that.
0: <laughs> um, so look, we are about to get into dating and courtship, um, but I do have a note uh, I put up at the top of the document, so I would not forget to say this um, as we. The music you hear as we start this podcast and as we close out uh, each week is, uh, was created by Joe Deegan, RYM's music uh, ministry coordinator. Um, and I think that's his title. I don't know if you want to look that up while I'm I'm talking, but all all of our podcasts, and I should uh, say this too, we've got a student podcast for those who listen. Uh, We hope parents use that as they're driving their children to school or picking them up or for family devotions at night, please utilize the RYM student podcast. It's um, clips from our summer conferences, three-minute clips, five-minute clips. Sometimes, I mean, there, there was one that was even one minute the other day, so very brief biblical faults. We hope that parents can utilize, uh, so be sure to check that out. If you go to rym.org resources, you'll find our podcast. Uh, so be sure to check that out. So the music in front of that podcast was produced by Joe Deegan, um, also for the local youth worker. Uh, so we want to give a shout out to Joe Deegan, and he's got a new album coming out very soon. Um, it has three songs you can listen to right now on our website. Um, and we also want to tell our listeners that all the links uh, to everything that we discuss are also on our website. If you go to rym.org uh, slash resources, you'll find our podcast and you'll see the links there. So um, I know initially, Kurt, we had talked about getting those up, um, but I just wanted to let people know that those are indeed there. Um, so everything you hear as you're driving around listening to this podcast, anything we reference will be uh, on there. Um, Kurt, any... Also,
1: yeah, I was just going to say, that I've been um, listening to the this RYM student podcast. Uh, now, I haven't listened to every episode yet, but I've listened to some of them, and I really like that. I like that idea because um, it's it's just snippets of people uh, teaching from RYM, and um, but they're just little you know four minute, five minute little pericopies or little sections, and I just really appreciate. It. I think it's a great idea. I'm surprised that someone hadn't come up with it sooner. So. Anyway, yeah,
0: it's, it's awesome. Yeah, we, we really hope uh, families use that. We hope youth workers use it, you know, uh, meeting with a student, picking them up from school, playing that, talking, you know, through it. So we hope people use it, utilize it in uh, various ways. Uh, so, all right, we're talking about dating and courtship today. Uh, Kurt, I remember the, the introductory episode to Parenting Today. We, we talked about us not being experts um, and so, this would definitely be one of those areas where uh, we, we would benefit from having older parents on this episode, uh, parents who have teenagers currently or parents who have uh, students beyond the high school years off in college or even married. Uh, so you and I, our, our expertise will be limited for sure, we want to acknowledge that up front, uh, but also remind people, you know, we've both been in student ministry, have been in student ministry for around 15 years. Kurt, how long have you been doing student ministry?
1: Uh, I don't I don't know. Let's just say 15 years, okay. but I, I'm pretty sure it's about that. So. So,
0: so we've both, you know, been dealing with students uh, who uh, are, are dating, have dated. Uh, I've had plenty of students who had come into my office talking about relational issues and breakups and all of that kind of stuff. So, even though I've even had
1: some of my students have married each other. So that's yeah. kind
0: of fun. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, we're not experts. We want to acknowledge that up front that there are older, wiser parents, but that doesn't mean Kurt and I haven't dealt with some of this and uh, that we don't have thoughts on this issue. I mean, Kurt, I'm sure you've taught on this issue or uh, definitely used applications uh, dealing with relationships. And I have too uh, in my ministry. And so, uh, with that being said, we're going to get into kind of the creation fall aspects of dating, courtship today, and then uh, redemption on Thursday. Uh, so I guess let, let me just begin by saying we, we know, that, and we've said this on this podcast, that we are created in the image of a triune God. And so we believe that we uh, are hardwired for relationships uh, that we're created to be in relationship. And so just kind of speaking broadly about relationships, not necessarily dating first, there's going to be that longing uh, in all of us uh, to be in relationship with others. Uh, I know uh, Paul David Tripp and Tim Lane uh, have the book Relationships, A Mess Worth Making. And that was kind of a foundational book for me in understanding relationships. And they talked about that triune a reality that's in each of our hearts and how we're created for relationships. And one th- helpful thing that they said, and then I'm going to let you speak, Kurt, because I feel like I've been speaking too much already, but uh, they talk about kind of the two spectrums uh, as we talk about relationships that we're going to tend towards isolation uh, or, mm. um, or immersion in our relationships. And so there's going to be some of those who are listening who think, okay, they, they tend towards wanting to be in isolation. And then there are going to be those who just are immersed in relationships. And maybe one way to say that is there are going to be introverts and there are going to be extroverts. Um, And so uh, both of those things can be good. Uh, there are times for isolation uh, and, you know, just being alone and seeking solitude and being alone with the Lord. And uh, there are times where we need to be around each other because we are creative for relationships and we need community. And so I guess that, that would be kind of a, a foundational thing to recognize in each of us is that we're going to have those tendencies towards isolation, towards immersion, as we're talking about um, relationships. Uh, but, so those are just some kind of initial thoughts. Kurt, you want to react to that?
1: Yeah. Well, I was just, you know, I, I... I had this under when we get to the fall or one of the problems with our relationships, but I tell my students that there's two mistakes that they can make. One is that they don't need anybody. And the other is that they must have everybody. Um, And that uh, you see that a lot. Um, You see that work itself out a lot um, with high school students and junior high students. Uh, Personally, I, I didn't really understand what an introvert and extrovert was for a really long time. Um, for a long time, I thought that an extrovert was someone who was loud and an introvert was someone who was quiet. Um, but the the truth of the matter is, you know, is that an introvert is someone who recharges by being by themselves and an extrovert is someone who recharges by being in a group. And I think everyone, there's no, there's not a right way to be like it's not like all Christians have to be extroverts or all Christians need to be introverts. There's not a right. The the question that we have before us when we think about our relationships is how we take the way that God made us fearfully and wonderfully and yet scarred with sin and how we use the gifts that God's given us um, and the body and the personality that God's given us uh, to glorify him. And that's going to look different for an introvert than an extrovert. Um, our relationships are going to look different based upon you know who we are and what we do. So um, there's room for a pretty broad spectrum uh, mm. in, in Christianity. Uh, I was also going to say that uh, another thing about, you know, being creating God's image and God is perpetually in relationship. And so we are made for relationships is that now, right now, our students, I feel like what has changed for students in the last 20 years is that I feel like our students know about way more people, but they, they are by themselves much more frequently. Hmm. uh, If that makes sense Mm -hmm. that uh, there's a, and I think this is, you know, we don't want to jump all the way into social media, but we're going to have to jump into it a little bit when we talk about this topic uh, because a lot of relationships end up beginning, ending, or even totally subsisting on that. But, is that, you know, getting our students to understand that texting with someone uh, doesn't mean that you have a relationship with them. It's, it's one part, but that's, you know, or, or just because someone follows you, you know, or just because you follow someone doesn't mean that you have a relationship with them, that relationships are messy. Um, and if they're not messy, you really need to ask yourself if there's really a relationship there. Uh, And that's just something that I've picked up from my students. Is I feel like my students know about way more people than I knew about when I. And I'm not talking about celebrities. I'm talking about just people in their town and people that they know than when I was in high school. But that they know that they're by themselves much more frequently. than um, than maybe a student was 20 years ago. So that's another thing to
0: think about. Yeah, and I think that's important to bring up. I mean, we've mentioned, I I think we've mentioned the book, I-Gen by Jean Twenge, um, and just some of the research that she's put out. Uh, She had that Atlantic article uh, that said, I think, if smartphones destroyed a generation, I think that was the title of the article. But some of what the research is showing is that students today are safer in a certain uh, sense because they are, alone they're they're staying in their rooms mm-hmm. more they're not going out and partying they're just looking at things on social media so without a doubt i'd, I'd agree with that and say that the research is kind of backing up that this generation is uh, tending you know tends towards isolation a little bit more and so i think just to kind of
1: yeah. yeah, john so, can i say something really? Quick? please do yeah yeah sorry i was just going to say they are safer just like you're safer if you wear floaties in the pool but you'll never learn to swim with floaties on mm, that's good so, uh yeah and you you can't learn to you can't that, that's, that's really one of the things I think when we get into what dating looks like now and what like uh, relationship between the sexes looks like now versus what it looked like um, even 20 years ago or 10 years ago is that um, students, they, they're so used to that media communication that it's really kind of setting them up for failure in their dating relationships and, um, in their marriages in their future marriages, and even in their friendships, because, uh, they, you can't do a, like, you can't do a marriage via text. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. you can't do a best friend via text. You've got to, you've got to be with each other and be present with each other and look people in the eye. I tell, I, I think I said this, I don't know, a long time ago at some RYM, but, I I, I said I asked all the girls to look at me and I was like how is he ever going to look into your eyes and be lost in them if you're always looking at your phone Hmm. (laughs) Hmm. how's that gonna happen so Hmm. yeah I mean yeah they are safer in that regard but also in some ways you know they're they're handicapped in in, in another way so Hmm. yeah Yeah, anyway that's good yeah
0: now I think that's important like you said we're going to have to talk about social media as we get into relationships for sure I mean they're they're glued to their smartphones. So uh, as they're, you know, going to the movies or out to eat, uh, they're going to have their smartphones with them and be glued to them. So um, it's going to be an aspect of this conversation for sure. And so I think just kind of moving I on. Like,
1: sorry, I, no. Just one other it. thing get before it. we move on it's like I, you know, I take my son to school, and when I'm leaving, I'm seeing all the cars that are, um, that are coming to school, right? So there are two schools right next door to each other where my son goes to school. And so both ways, people are coming to both the schools and you just see parents dropping kids off. And it's like every one that I see, John, is the parent is driving and the kid is slouched over on their phone. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's not talking. And like, you know, I get it. You know, this is not a social media thing. But all that to say is that uh, I remember a lot of conversations that I had with my dad. My dad used to play a prank on me all the time when I was really little, where I would uh, he would close his eye closest to me and be like, Kurt, watch the road. Um, I'm going to close my eyes for a little bit. And I'd be like, no, dad, don't close your eyes. And of course, I only had one eye closed. But I was such a dumb kid. I was like, you know, I was also convinced when I was a kid that if if you didn't wear your seatbelt, other cars tried to hit you. So, you know, whatever. But <laughs> <laughs> what I was like, but, Uh, You know, anyway, that's relational loss that's happening. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's kind of and it's a very normal thing. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's something we have to talk about.
0: Yeah. And I think just this is showing us what we should probably have maybe a specific conversation. We, We talked about social media, but maybe focused on. The effects it's having on our relationships. So, maybe that's something we can get into more in depth. But as we're, we're talking about dating and courtship, we, we definitely want to set up a foundation, a biblical foundation for relationships. And let's just say what we need to as Christians see, we are created for our relationships. We have to know this, we have to be teaching this to our children. And that's something that I think we'll get into a little bit more. Um, in redemption uh, but we're created uh, in the image of a triune god and so our, our children are going to long for these relationships and then as they get older and they mature and they go through uh, puberty and we we know that they are created as sexual beings uh, that relation uh, that relational kind of bent they have is going to be more towards you know a boyfriend or a girlfriend and so also acknowledging that that is a creational good, that they're created by God um, to be attracted to the opposite sex. And, you know, we won't get into discussions on homosexuality or anything like that. Let's just kind of leave that for another conversation, Um, but say that uh, this this is a creational good. Um, But now let's get into the fall. And maybe talk about some aspects of how sin uh, poisons our relationships, and um, you know, getting into dating as well with that. But we know that you know, one aspect of the fall is simply idolizing relationships. That we know that we are created for relationships, and that they are a good thing. Um, But kind of what Trip and Lane were getting into as uh, well—that if we go too far on the end of the spectrum into immersion, where we cannot live without other people, uh, or you know idolizing our friends idolizing our boyfriend our girlfriend uh you know we and and again that's where many of the the movies uh show is just that love dating uh, those relationships Uh, that is the ultimate um you know we've got to be completely lost in another person um you know obviously that that's idolatry and so we need to be Uh, aware of that. We need to be warning our children uh, about that as they begin to, you know, explore dating and and things like that. Um, We've got to talk about just those uh, dangers and and also just, uh, you know, with our sinful, selfish hearts, we've got to recognize the fact that oftentimes we uh, make relationships all about us, Uh, that we're friends with the people we're friends with oftentimes because they can give us something. You know, maybe it's, yeah. maybe it's because they're funny. And so, um, you know, th- that's why we're around them or, you know, similar interests. We, we just have to be cautious because this can be good things to be around somebody who's funny or somebody has similar interests. But we also have to see that oftentimes in our relationships, they are very self-focused and it's what can I get out of the relationship? And yeah. so as we a, bring,
1: bring that a in. Trans- a transactional relationship yeah. where you're getting something from that person. Yeah, uh, that's. Uh, One thing that we didn't mention, I know we're we're moving on to like some of the problems, John, but one thing that we didn't mention, I think it should probably be said, is that we're coming at this from the biblical perspective that the ultimate relationship is marriage Mm -hmm. and that any dating or the Bible says nothing about dating. It doesn't say anything and that we shouldn't be intimidated by that because dating didn't Mm -hmm. exist when the Bible was written. You know, the Bible says nothing about, you know, motorboats either. So but that, you know, <laughs> specifically, but it does say, it does say, um, it has a lot to say about our relationships. And it says that marriage is, the scriptures are clear that marriage is the ultimate uh, representation of Christ's love for the church, that marriage is, you know, a pre fall uh, institution that God gave us. And that is the goal uh, with marriage. Uh, and, Or that's the the goal for any relationship, any, you know, any dating relationship is is marriage. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of uh, facsimiles that people try to settle for or or convince themselves are just as good as that. But ultimately, when we deny that, we get into a real problem. I I wrote down a list. I talk to my students about transactional relationships a lot because I feel like that's something that happens in junior high and high school is that we Mm -hmm. like we, we like people or we're friends with people or we date people because of what they can give us, you know, like your friend who has a boat or a beach house, mm-hmm. you know, that, that person, you know, is your friend, do you really like that person or do you really like it if they invite you to go to the beach? Um, you know, or like you, you know, your boyfriend or your girlfriend is hot, like, or popular or funny or whatever it is. Um, you're, you know, it's great that you've recognized like something good about them, but are you treating that person like a currency where if they don't have the features that you need, you don't have time for them. Um, and I see that a lot with with our students, uh, especially the, the more immature they are, the more they're kind of out in the open about disregarding people who they don't feel like can add anything to their life. Mm -hmm. And, Ah, uh, being really enmeshed in people who they think are really giving them something. And that's the real danger that I think a lot of our students find themselves in. Uh, it's, you know, it's the exact opposite idea that Christ had in the Incarnation where Christ joined himself to us, even though we could offer him nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's like the countercultural you know gospel idea that answered um, to these problems of our relationships. But I see that a lot with I see transactional relationships as a huge, Aspect of my students' lives.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I mean, it, obviously, we, we've got to mention marriage as a uh, institution that was in existence before the fall. I think, like you said, it's yeah. vital to this uh, uh, conversation for sure. And, and what we need to see is that you know God, I guess we could say, and I think I've heard this from another author, invented that as institution to illustrate this truth about His love for His church. And so His love for His church existed. Uh, before this institution, uh, you know, was um, brought into being. Would you agree with that?
1: Um, Well, of course, yeah. I mean, I think any covenant theologian is going to say that that's true. And, I mean, if you think about it, that's just the way that things work. You don't create the symbol for something before you have the something. Hmm. Um, You know, the symbol— comes after to represent you know the higher idea mm-hmm. you think about that in good and bad ways you know um, you know you think about like an evil symbol like like a swastika okay like a swastika you know from you know national socialism in Germany like okay that symbol in and of itself you know it represents something else that's behind it and you know the idea behind it came first not, the symbol, the symbol came second. Right. Um, So swastikas are banned in Germany, but they're not banned because like people don't like straight lines looking like that. They're banned (laughs) because of what that idea represents. And, you know, and the same is true about marriage is that God loves his church. And he gave us this sign, this really important sign that shows us, um, that shows us, gives us a picture. I mean, this is what God always does though. I mean, I know that you know this, John, but like, this is what he does is he gives us a picture it tells us way more um, than uh, about who he is and what he wants to mm-hmm. accomplish, and, and you know that's what marriage is. It's not just that, though. It's something more than that too. And so, yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah.
0: and I think it's important. I mean, bringing that up uh, to to make this point that we we have to see as Christians, we have to be wise enough and discerning enough uh, to see that not only okay, God. Created the institution of marriage, and this is going to be an obvious statement. Well, we must see that Satan is going to do absolutely everything he can to undermine that, to destroy that, to attack, yeah. to attack that. And, and so we, we've got to see, as Christians, uh, to to say, you know, at least uh, see that that dating is trying to undermine that in some ways. I'm not saying dating is evil, wicked. It has to happen. Obviously, to lead towards marriage, um, but but you know maybe just as we're talking about this conversation, well, it doesn't
1: have to. I might I might argue well, against that for a second. Yeah, but there are there are arranged marriages, but that's not really in our culture. Yes, but, yes. Oh, yeah. and, and
0: so what I'm what I'm saying is we've got to be talking about this conversation in light of I think junior hires and senior hires um, because I mean that's mm-hmm. that's really the, the age group we're discussing yeah. here. And so I know it we're we don't have a ton of time left with this specific episode, and so some of this might carry over uh, into uh, the, the next episode. But, um, you know, as, as we're talking about just this important reality, this important creational truth, um, but we've got to be aware as parents that you know Satan is going to be trying to wreak havoc uh, and, and destroy, distort uh, this uh, biblical reality. And um, and so yeah, but getting into junior high, high schoolers dating. Let's just get that specific. Uh, Kurt, we're at about 25 minutes, um, so a few more minutes, and then we'll uh, we'll shut it down and then pick it back up on Thursday. Uh, what what are your thoughts on junior yeah. hires, senior hires dating?
1: Well, I mean, I always tell my, I have all my cards on the table as far as dating is concerned. And I'll say right off the bat, I tell my students not to date. Um, I tell them not to date exclusively in high school and what, and junior high. And what I mean by that is I tell them not to have like an exclusive boyfriend or girlfriend. And there are a lot of reasons why I say that. I say that because you don't want, uh, all of your high school experience tied up with someone that you may or may not be committed to. Um, and I mean, that's just a real like basic one. And another one is, is that, you know, when you date exclusively, there's this lie that you believe that um, there's commitment there when there's really not commitment. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a it's a social lie that everyone agrees to believe, which is really not true. Uh, You know, you you hear about a, a, a boyfriend who breaks up with a girlfriend and then dates her best friend. And that's like a scandal. But in truth, that's fine. Um, that's just fine because a boyfriend and a girlfriend are not a committed relationship mm-hmm. and, it, you know, and, and it's, uh, you know, or, but there's this idea, this lie that we all agree to that's like, we belong to each other in some way, but we're really not committed to each other because we can hit the eject button at any moment with no repercussions whatsoever. And, uh, so I, now having said all that, I think, let's see, I have at least four couples from my youth groups who dated in high school exclusively and then got married and they are always thrown in my face. Whenever I said, (laughs) you know, anyone who knows them is like, well, what about so-and-so and what about them? And what about them? And what about them? Um, and I always say, yeah, okay, that's we can play that game if you want. Um, I'm, it's not like I don't think they're not going to have good marriages. Obviously I am very excited for them. Uh, but how many people, you know, I always just look at the group and be like, how many people in here have had a boyfriend or girlfriend, you know, like, you're naming four relationships you know, that you can name. I can name 4,000 that didn't work out. <laughs> so, you know, w- mm. let's, you know, let's just play the odds game for a second. So anyway, that's what I tell my students about dating. I tell them not, I tell them to go on dates. I said to go on dates because, you know, you, you want to have an idea of what you're looking for. Mm. Um, but yeah. you're not ready to date someone exclusively, like to have a boyfriend or girlfriend until you're ready to get married. Because otherwise, what's the point? Why are you dating someone Exclusively, if you have no intention of marrying them, mm-hmm. you're just using. Them. There's no other answer. Every any other answer that you will give is a selfish answer. It's a transactional relationship answer. You're going to say because it's fun. Well, it's fun for you mm-hmm. until it's not fun anymore or whatever. So, um, dating exclusively, I always say don't do that um, until you're ready. Until you're ready to get married, um, because otherwise, you know it, it doesn't. It doesn't really follow with what I see the gospel telling us about our relationships and I yeah. kid, I want to be I want to be corrected on that too mm-hmm. yeah yeah I'm pretty I'm pretty staunch on it I mean I, I feel but I'm not so convicted that if someone you know could make a compelling argument I wouldn't be like okay well never mind I can see that now but that's my general that's my general stance
0: yeah and, and something I look to as well I mean again like you said the word dating uh, doesn't appear in the scriptures and so we've got to look and see okay well what um, Wisdom can we mine from the scriptures uh, to help us in this uh, category? And so, yeah. I mean, one of those scriptures I always look to is you know Song of Solomon. Do not awaken love until its proper time. You know, yeah. there, there's different uh, interpretations of that. Do not awaken love until it can be fulfilled or fully you know experienced. And of course, this is speaking about marriage and 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 sex for sure. And so, being cautious of. You know, allowing those emotions and those feelings to be turned on too soon. Uh, junior mm. high would definitely be one of those. And I mean, we've got to be cautious too with just uh, the stories that our, our kids are, are looking at, You know, be they movies or books, uh, because uh, we, we've got to just recognize every child is going to be different. And as parents, if we see one of our children just kind of being uh, infatuated with, A male or female actor or actress or a story or whatever Um, we've got to kind of enter into those conversations I mean students even talking about crushes or or whatever we've got to be I think this this verse is saying something about that being cautious of not awakening love too soon and then also just kind of going along with that all of the verses that warn about sexual immorality uh, but we yeah. we know that, you know, if you're allowing a junior high, junior high students. So let me just say, I mean, that's the height of foolishness. If you're allowing junior high students to date, um, you, you're just setting them up uh, for a lot of sexual sin. Um, and so we got to be cautious of that. And then as it gets into high school, obviously there's going to be more temptation there and there's more maturity there. And so um, we as, as parents uh, specifically do need to realize, I mean, our children do not belong to us. They belong to the Lord. And so we've got to be stewarding these children as gifts and be guarding them and protecting them from this sexual sin and be preparing them for that. And so maybe that, uh, as we're hitting 30 minutes, is, is somewhere we, yeah, can, we can pick I, up with redemption, maybe? I,
1: well, I have one thing I want to add really quick for parents, because I bet there, are a lot, there will be some parents who listen to this who are dating. And I have two things that I say about... Sexual sin and dating to my parents. Really, three things. One, if your student, if your child and the person they're dating, don't ever spend time with you, with you, with you as parents, that's a warning sign. That's a red light that should be going off. Like, why is it that, like, y'all, they never, that your child never brings his girlfriend or her boyfriend around with your family? That's a that's a big caution sign. Another thing is. You know, I wear more clothes in public than I do in private, just like everybody else. And um, and that's true, too, is that whatever whenever I see students who are really affectionate in public, I, you know, I know that there's way more going on because you'll do more. You'll do more when no one's watching Absolutely. than you will. when Everyone's watching. So that's another thing. Another thing. And then I just say to students all the time. Like, as far as sexual sin is concerned and why it's so important, like to set these boundaries when they're younger is that it only runs downhill. Like you don't start out like making out and move back to holding hands. Hmm. Like you know, you don't you don't so it's only gonna go to the next level of intimacy. It's not gonna go backwards. And so, you know, that you have to consider that as well. So those are just some things that I tell our parents to be mindful of when their students are dating or their students are in a relationship anyway. Yeah,
0: that's just, that's good. And we might even get into some of that in a little bit more details we're having to to shut this one down but that's some some good thoughts and we'll again pick up there uh heard this has been a good discussion and everybody just a reminder: this is joe deegan playing in the background so we'll uh, tune in uh, i guess on thursday i'll
1: see you thursday